Why are there different accents in the regions of Vietnam? Why do Vietnamese have two wedding ceremonies? Why do Vietnamese have French words? Why is Vietnamese in Latin script? Why do Vietnamese ride motorbikes? You're listening to Why Do Vietnamese, a cultural podcast by Visar. Welcome to Why Do Vietnamese, Vietnamese cultural talks with Visar. Each episode, we pick a new topic on why do Vietnamese do this or that and share our personal takes on the topic. My name is Brian, VP of Culture at Visar and your host for today. Joining me are two fellow Visar members, Nick and Lin. Would you like to introduce yourself, guys? Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Nick. I'm the senior advisor at Visar for this year, and uh, I'm in my last school year at Rice. So far, I'm very happy to be here for this podcast today. So, shout out to Brian. Hello, guys. My name is Ling, and I am the marketing associate uh, for Visar this year. I'm also in my final year of school. And I'm very happy to be here as well. Thank you so much, guys, for taking time out of your days to join us here today. I guess when this is posted, it will be New Year. So Happy New Year to all of our viewers or listeners. Applause. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, so it is happy a new, new year, year, and we're starting off this new year with a brand new podcast for all of you guys at VSR. And we hope that you guys will like this new series that we have. So before we get right into this, do, do you guys want to share your New Year's wishes for our viewers slash listeners? Uh, yeah, you can go ahead. Me? Uh, ladies first. Oh, yeah, okay. I'll go uh, first. Uh, so, so I think this year, the most important thing is like to stay healthy. So that's what I want to wish upon everyone. So, you know, Happy New Year and stay healthy. That's good. Yes. And Brian, do you, you want to you wanna go with it? Okay, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like our listeners are probably students or new to like finding their jobs. So I hope in the new year, it brings everybody much more new opportunities and everybody's pretty lucky. And I hope that you're able to be successful on whatever your pathway is. I know the past year has been like a roller coaster for all of us and we've been like up and down and crazy things. But, you know, the new year's here. Let's start fresh. Um you know let's uh start all over again so nick your turn yeah i i would say the same um first of all just happy new year to everyone um i i really look forward to this new year because things are getting better soon last year was very difficult and i think that uh, it reminds everyone to look after their self look after their loved ones and then you know just keep in touch with everybody because there's a lot of uh, bad things happen in 2020 and if we pay more attention to things in life and look after ourselves i think our mental health would also our life much better so. it's good that we are able to still connect on on like digital things yeah. like we can still kind of at least see each other but i hope that i'll be able to see you guys in person soon yeah <laughs> and we can I... have like a big <laughs> I haven't met Lynn, you know, we work for Hopefully, nearly yeah. a year now, I haven't met her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I haven't met both of you, yeah. Soon, soon. Alright, <laughs> yeah, hopefully yeah, everything will calm down soon. It looks hopeful for this year. So now, before we get into today's topic, we have our V Music feature, where we will share a bit of a song relating to each episode's topic. I'm not going to tell you yet what it is, but let's get right into it.
cùng bao buồn bê ta xoay xuân năm nay giống như năm kia một vòng loay hoay tết về mà trắng cười cảnh vật làm sao vui tươi người bận rộn những lo toan vô hình người có phúc có duyên tình tết 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 tới nhanh mùa tết xoay ngày càng nhanh nhưng cảm xúc vẫn vương bao nhiêu là câu hỏi khôn lường em sao chưa lấy chồng em bé ca nhà đời mong nhắc đến tết xuống sang trong lòng All right. So based off of that song,、um, I'm sure everybody can kind of tell what our topic is. Also based on my background, it's different from normal. <laughs> so today's topic is, of course, going to be related to Tet or Lunar New Year.、Um, so the question of why do Vietnamese for today's episode is why do Vietnamese release carp fish before Tet? So have you guys heard of this before? Yes, we have. I know my family does it, but I've never personally does like done、yeah. it before. Yeah, same. I、uh, yeah. I did it a couple of times when I was still in Vietnam, but to be honest, I never really knew the reason why. <laughs> And I I hope that today you guys we're gonna explain it to everyone.、Eh? Yeah, that's true. I feel like a lot of people don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> like they kind of just do it. So the reason behind all of this, know,、right? we have to first explore. Um, the story behind kitchen gods in Vietnamese culture, also known as Om Tao. So for the Om Tao story, it's also called Sutet Om Kom Om Tao, meaning the legend behind the kitchen god. So for this story, it starts off like most traditional Asian stories. Sometime in the ancient past, long, long, long ago,、uh, there was this husband who left his wife alone. In the countryside, to find a better opportunity or money to change their lives, so he told his wife, "I promise I'll come back in three years. If I do not return back in three years, or you do not hear any news, assume that I'm dead and find a new husband." So already we're just like, okay, this is starting off really grim. Wow. <laughs> so this wife, during these、so、three years,、sad. she became a housekeeper at another. A bit more wealthier of a family to just to live day by day. Like they gave her food to eat, and she was able just to live by the days.、Uh, and this owner of this house, he originally had a wife, but then his wife also passed away, and he began to grow feelings for this this lady that was working at his house. Three years, of course, went by. No news from this original husband, and this rich man asked the lady if he could marry her,、um, but. Because this lady had such a strong connection with her former, now assumed dead husband, she wanted to fulfill the role of three years mourning、uh, to, to give the respect to her now assumed deceased husband. So after three years, after the mourning period, she still couldn't move on. So she's like, "Let me just wait one more year." Finally, after seven years of no news, she's like, "Okay, fine, I will marry with this other guy." And then, after getting married. Just three months later, what do you guys think happened? You guys show up.、Huh? <laughs> exactly. 
This is, it gets confusing here. The drama happens. So, three months later, after she gets married, the assumed dead husband returns without any improvement to his financial st- like status or any sort of job. So, he knew that because he didn't improve and he came back much later than he had promised, he didn't fight for his wife as he knew everything was on him. So, the rich man was like, Oh, I don't, you can have your wife back. I'm not going to fight for her. You guys seem to be a really good couple together, so I'm going to let you guys go. But the original husband was like, no, I feel bad. I shouldn't do this. This was kind of a bad idea because now all three of them have grow guilt, uh, like growing guilt. Um, so the original husband didn't move away from the village. He decided to live there because he still really deared his wife. And eventually from depression from not being able to be with his wife and just all the pressure and stress, he committed suicide by hanging himself on a tree at the begin- at the gate of the village. So we have right here, it's already getting quite grim. So now the wife heard, yeah? But I, wait, I don't understand. I thought the wife is like, she still had feeling for husband so they didn't move Why back didn't together move because back together? the wife also felt guilty for this other this rich guy that she was kind of basically living for with for the past seven years he was so loyal to her and so genuine in terms of his feelings he's like i literally just married this guy i don't want to move on and like just break it off that's not right because they were so yeah they ended up getting married after uh, her waiting oh, seven years married. so he originally okay. proposed to her three years after but because of the mourning period, they waited another three years, actually another four years. So hearing this news, the, wa- the wife felt so guilty, thinking that she was the cause of her husband's death because she did not go back with him. So she drowned herself. So oh, now, wow. we have, <laughs> now we have oh, okay. uh, two characters that are now dead. So this rich man who is really deeply in love with his newly married wife also fell into deep sorrow. No. So he decided to donate all of his wealth to charity, to different orphanages, and just different places that needed money. And he drank poison and committed suicide. It is quite dark, but it shows you the true power so of dark. love. <laughs> so when they made it to the underworld, the king of the underworld saw this genuine bond that the three of these people had. They were very genuine in terms of their love and their relationship was very passionate as if the burning flames of the stove and was the true definition of what family was meant to be which is why he created them into deities to watch over the family in the house the three represented family in harmony based on their connection from before and how genuine their affection was for each other the rich man became Togam, watching over the kitchen the first husband became Todia, watching over the house and the land that the family lived on. And the wife became Toki, to oversee external affairs and the relationships within the family. So actually, these three, if you look at a traditional stove in Vietnam, there's three prongs to it. It's made of concrete. People believe that those three prongs are actually representative of these three um Dao. It's like the, the three like pyramid-ish you put the pot on top right yeah so like it's the round stove the charcoal burning stove there's like the three Three. like stands for you to put the pot on wow that's why there's three interesting Interesting. did you guys know about this (laughs) 
I, I heard about this a little. No. But you explained the story. I, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, this one, I yeah. thought it was a quite interesting story when I was looking for it. I heard like a different story, but I thought this one was just so much more passionate in terms of these people's relationship. It, it just felt so genuine and like you just felt bad and you were almost sucked into the story somehow. So the traditions that rooted from this story, after these three individuals were venerated by the Vietnamese people, Once a year, these three deities are destined to travel to the heavens to report the past year's affair of the moral world to the Jade Emperor. And this happens to fall one week before that, on the 23rd day of the 12th lunar month. And on this day, people within and outside of Vietnam who believe in this often offer sweet items such as candy. A really popular one is actually uh, the peanut candy and sesame brittle. Um, and they tend to offer him really sweets and lots of goods. There's lots of traditions behind it based on where you are, uh, but the general idea is you're sending him off, and they give him sweet items so that either his mouth will be sealed shut so he can't say anything, or he can report really sweet items to the Jade Emperor, basically bribing him. So how these three individuals make it to heaven Uh, in the South, it's a bit different where they would burn a couple papers and a pair of paper clothing and the smoke would be lead to bring them to the, to the heavens. But I think in the Northern regions, a pair of three carps. So three of these fish are bought and they're put on the altar. And then after the, like the, the ceremony is over, they go and release them into local lakes and rivers as part of the ritual. This is partly believed to build on good merits and good karma, as in freeing away any captured animals to let them go back to the wild. While at the same time, the reason why it's in specifically Kachiep is because this traditional story, um, I think it comes from China, it's Kachiep uh, Huarong, meaning the carp fish becomes a dragon. So the reason why is because carps are really powerful fish. I believe that they are one of the few fish that can swim upstream against a river's current. And in traditional East Asian folklore, there is believed to be this river leading up to the Dragon Gate. And this river is very powerful. And only those who are animals that are very strong that can beat against these many challenges can make it to the Dragon Gate. And once they pass the Dragon Gate, also known as Vu Mom, they become dragons and they fly to heaven. And it's believed that the three Amta ride on these carp that take them to Vomom and they return back to heaven that way. Wow, that's actually beautiful. The image of the fish going upstream to become a dragon. Yeah. That's beautiful. So that's like an entire separate story. Yeah. It's believed, like some people like to put it in their house for good fortune and stuff because it's supposed to show like the powerfulness of the carp and also like prosperity, just in East Asian culture. So that's why all the deities, like, they, they ride carp mm-hmm. to go back to, like, heaven. But, like, in the north, we have, like, Daoguan, the show. So now I understand why. Yeah. And also, I think for the tradition in the north, we actually do both of the releasing mm-hmm. and then, the, you know, burning all the clothes. Is it Hua Yeah. We have Hua Yeah, yeah. That's we, interesting. We do both of that. I feel like in the north they're way more traditional than in the south. Yep. Yeah, so, I feel well, so too. That was the story, and that answers the question: Why do Vietnamese release carp before that? It's so that the kitchen gods can return back to heaven. 
<laughs> so now,、um, I guess we can get a little bit of discussion. Like, we are together now, it's the death season. So, how do you guys celebrate death normally? So, normally, like, what I like about it is, like, you know, the preparation, like, part, like, before the holiday. So, our family, we would go to buy, you know, the,、uh, the peach bottom and then all the decoration for the house. So, it's, it's just like Christmas. So, it, felt, it feels really like festive and you can really feel it. And we also have a lot of traditions. So, one of it being songdat,、um, uh, which means like、uh, first hooting. So, to pick a first person to、um, go into your house during that. Um, it's just very important because、um, that person, if you pick the right person, it,、uh, he or she can bring you like luck, fortune, happiness. So I think、um, the criteria、um, to show the first person to be in your house is based, it's based on the, the Vietnamese zodiac sign, so like the 12 animals that represent the cycle. So, Uh, I think each year there would be one animal that would be considered the luckiest. So if you pick the, the person who has、um, that age to go into your house, then you would be you know, you know, happy and lucky for the whole year. So, you know, for my family, so my dad, he would normally like call up the relative that have the, the lucky age and he would be like, oh, come over the first thing tomorrow morning and go into my house. So it would be like my cousin, my uncle, or my aunt. It's different every year. So I think that's very interesting. That is a pretty interesting one. Imagine if you、yeah. pick the wrong person. Yeah. I know, right? So, I think in the North, people are very like, particular about that. Yeah, so they would pick the person and tell them、um, to come in、um, first thing in the morning. Yeah. And also,、um, so uh, I remember one time I went to watch fireworks with my dad. And then, when me and my dad both arrived home, I wasn't allowed to like, go in before my dad. Because my age was like, My year that year、um, wasn't considered lucky. So, my dad had to be the person who g o into the house first. Yeah. So, that's how particular we are about that thing. Oh, man. That's like so strict. Yeah. Same with my family, too. We, we, we are from the north, but we live in the south. So, my family, we do that often, too. Every new year, we would call our relative. And then sometimes I, 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 I have to stay outside. Before my parents walked in, so I can definitely relate to Lin. Yeah, so if you go out and watch like a firework or count out with your friend, you cannot go back, like go inside before <laughs> like the lucky person. Or you either stay、But、inside or like you have to the wait. Parent,、yeah. Your parents' zodiac, are they lucky or are they normal? But it's just that you're unlucky, that's why they have to, co- they have to come first.、Um, I mean, it depends on. Each year, so there are times that my parents' zodiac like are very well for that year.、Um, they would do that, they would be the first person,、right. so they, they don't need to ask anyone, they would just do it. But if they're not, yeah, if their zodiac is、right. not, then they would ask another person to come in. That's interesting.、Yeah. Do they have like a record of whose zodiac sign is who? <laughs> It's like a book of checking. Oh, yeah, I think they do. Oh my god. 
Yeah, I think I think every mom has that. They know like everything. The, the Vietnamese yeah. mom's memory is just so strong. They they remember everybody's age. That's kind of funny. They have like a file of like, oh, this person's age. Imagine making that into a spreadsheet. I know, right? <laughs> I was like. How can I be right. the same as my mom? How can I be the same level as my mom when I become one? Like I don't know anything about <laughs> That's these. That's interesting one. So I think um, for me, I also like I don't think I actually do that here uh, in Canada. Like it's kind of hard because we don't really are not as strict on looking at like the time and like I know in Vietnam they're so strict. Like what direction you're facing when you're leaving the door, something like that, and like it's like. So strict, and I, I, I like. I feel like here, like it's so hard because the time here doesn't match the time in Vietnam, and then you don't know which record you're going off of, and then it's just like we kind of just oh whatever, who cares? Like it doesn't really matter. Um, so for me, I feel like my family, um, because we have a little bit of like Chinese descent, there's way more a lot of like. Gom or like worshiping our ancestors and the deities in the house, especially during the new year, it's considered really important that you uh, keep the deities and gods in your house very happy. Especially around that time, there's a lot of like, um, I guess you can call them birthdays of these gods. So we gotta go like do worshiping kind of ceremonies things, and especially that's why on those. During the new year, all you smell is just nop nyang all the time. There's smoke everywhere, and it's <laughs> it's like uh, almost like I feel like a dangerous amount, but especially here where there's not a lot of good vent ventilation. Um, but aside from that, I think here it's kind of hard because in Canada, I never had that in Vietnam before. I lived in Canada all my life, and. It was always on like a school day or like a work day, like just a regular day, like and everybody just oh it's just another day. Um, sometimes I wouldn't use that excuse like to get out of school. I'd be like, oh it's a religious holiday, I'm gonna not go to school. I remember doing that in like elementary school, middle school, and like I would go to the temple after that and kind of just give you something to do because there really is nothing to do in the middle of the winter here. But aside from that, I guess we'd have family dinner, of course. Um, just the four of us, just the intermediate family, because I don't know, it's kind of hard to gather everybody, especially on a weekday <laughs> when everybody has to go to work. Um, I think that's pretty much it for my family. What about you, uh, Nick? Uh, my family, we we do similar things like Link's family. Like we we also come uh, to our ancestors too, and we do like a feast normally. Uh, usually we have like. Um, canh măng, um, bánh trưng, gà luộc, uh, canh bóng thả, uh, like and then nem like nhiều trái giò. And uh, I think one thing that I remember the most from my dad was gói bánh trưng with my grand grandpa because he was really skilled in it and he learned it from his uh, dad and grandfather. And so now when whenever that we gather around for that, he will be the one who makes the bánh trưng for. Uh, my dad's side, family also the relative from my mom's side as well. My grandpa, that grandpa is, is my mom's dad. Uh, and I remember we woke up early in the morning and then we get everything ready, all the ingredients we want. I would wash the leaves with my my brother and um, cut it into like the shape. And then he would fold the, the bike into the mold 
from the banana leaves, which is crazy because they're so fragile, right? But he, he's able to kind of like mold the shape into like a square. And whenever it's fold and then when it's boiled, it's just beautiful. Like you see the ingredients transform into like the bun. Because usually you just buy from the store. But now making it, it's feel, it feels really special. And you would wake up the whole night to watch the the pot, yeah. And uh, till I watch it. Yeah, I never, I, I never like get to learn it from him. Uh, but it's just happened to be one of the most like memorable experience for me today. Other than that, I, I think it's similar to you guys. Pretty much. That's it for me. Well, I've never made bang to myself yeah. before. That's, that- uh, that must be interesting. Like the folding of the leaves and all that. It's just, yeah. it's like origami almost. Yeah, but like, did he, did he use like a mold? Like now, I know that like they have like, um, you know, mold yeah. that can make it like easier. But I know a lot of like professional ones, exactly. they use your, you know, manually do it. Yeah, so they only use that's what their my hands. grandpa did. That's, he didn't have any crazy. mold. It's crazy. And the, it, yeah. yeah, and it, Wow. Yeah, so I, cool. I kind of wish that I was able to make it. I, I've never made like any banjing bantek before. Because uh, I hear a lot of people like they say like that's how they get their family together. Like the entire extended family comes together on like one night and then they all spend the entire day making banjing bantek and like they watch it overnight. Like it's just, it's such like a, a gathering together experience that I always... I guess like I wanted to do it, but you can never really do that here. It's it's hard. Plus, it's so cold here in the middle of the winter. <laughs> I've always wanted to experience that in Vietnam, uh, but I never really got the opportunity to actually. That's interesting though. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm considering. Yeah, maybe uh, on my off semester. On the, I'll change to get winter off and then go travel to Vietnam exactly. during that. Hopefully, VSR team would get to meet everyone in Vietnam. That's that's gonna be the goal. Yeah. I know, right? Oh yeah. Imagine how cool that would be. Like we would be, you know, gathering, eating all the the food. Everyone that from would be north so to cool. south. Going, everybody. Yeah. So kind of, <laughs> you guys slightly mentioned it earlier. So how are how is that different within the different regions or parts of Vietnam that you guys are from? So I know Lynn, you're from the north. Nick, you lived in the south, but you have roots from the north. Um, so how do you guys find it that it's different from other regions? I actually never spent that in in Hanoi. Like I always spend it in the south, and most of the time when I celebrate that is all within my relative, and they are. They move from the north too, so pretty much it's like northern style, but I never really had like the southern style that before. Like we would just come to their place and then maybe took that, let's say, and then that's it. Like we never like sit down and experience like a feast within of that region. So I I cannot say. Mostly it would be northern region the whole time for me. Yeah, but maybe yeah. Let me be the same. Uh, same so. Um, I heard that like the different way they celebrate it. So for the north, we would mainly spend it with our families and relatives. Um, but like for southern people, I think they would be like 
they would think um, that is like an opportunity to wind down, so they yeah. would travel more. I think in the in the south, it's way more of it's almost like Christmas break for us in Canada, where most people get like a week or two off from work or stuff, and they want to spend the opportunity to go travel and they go like destinations, and they go have tourism and kind of go out and have fun. It's not so much about tradition in the south; it's more about like having fun. Uh, but a lot of people typically, I feel like anywhere throughout Vietnam, they like to return home for like the first few days of that. And then, like the remaining time they have off, they go and they go travel. Um, but in terms of like traditions, I think the main difference that we can probably see visually is the flowers. In the south, you have gay mai everywhere. Like it's like yellow, like the one I have behind me, gay mai here, mm, and then right beside it, gay dao. Yeah. Peach flower, which is in the north. And I actually find it kind of interesting. So I just realized, based on what Mai sent me a picture of her game Mai, and it's actually like you chop the entire tree down and you dip it in water, like in a vase. Oh. Like it's it's not actually in soil. Okay. Like you're actually it's almost like a flower branch, but in a tree. I think it depends on family. So like there there families that have like the whole tree. But I think nowadays to make it more convenient, they they just have a branch. So it it um is a matter of like how you like how and where you want to fit it. So like if it in your living room is not too big, um then you would have like just a branch. And if they want to go like extra vacant, they would have like the whole tree. So I think it depends. I think in the north there's also the 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 orange tree too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah it's okay, like okay. um okay what. Is I don't it know. Kalamondi. In the south, that's Geta. Uh, what is? Yeah, it's Kalamondi. Kamkwat. Yeah. So like Kamkwat? in in the Philippines, they call oh. it Kalamansi. It's yeah. used a lot in a lot of dishes. Um, but the English word is Kalamondin. In the south, we call it we call it Jetak. In the south, yeah. So it's Getak. I feel like that's uh, almost also like in China too. Chinese tradition, they like to get the, the orange tree. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> you oh, can buy them that? here in Canada too because a oh, lot of Chinese people like to buy it, so it's quite common. Does it actually. represent like money? Like, it's see to me. I I yeah. think it represent money, but I don't know if if it actually is. The jai, the jai it does, I yeah. think, because it's like orange and the golden yeah, colors just yeah, represent yeah. like prosperity. Yeah. Yeah. I, it is sour. But it's so sour. I think it's good for like people like to put them in salt and like pickle them and turn them into drinks, or they directly mm. put them into drinks, like squeeze them into peach tea and stuff. Also, really good dipping sauce. Oh yeah. Salt yeah. and pepper. Yes, quite good Sweet there. Sweet sour, sour, savory. So I guess like it's the, because of the color and also it's healthy. That's why people put it in their house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, the green leaves have like representation like. Of health, money. health like it's really green and healthy. Well, I guess you can say money too now. But like back in the past, they didn't have paper green money. It was gold coins. Uh, I think another thing that's different between south and north is bantet and banjung. Like over here, I have a bantet, yeah. and over here, banjung. That's the biggest corner. difference. Yeah. yeah, and also the taste different too. Oh really? I thought they were the same thing, just different shape. I, I think the taste is different. Banjing is more earthy, and uh, that seems more sweet, a little bit more sweet for me. Yeah, but I like both. I like both. 
I never had bank bed before, and I heard that you guys like the bank bed have it has like different flavors, so that you can have different feelings in it. There's a lot of like there's two types. There's two main types. We call it bantek dao or or the bantek man, and then we have the bantek chui or bantek ngo. So like the chui, it's actually like like there's two bananas inside of it, and it's like a red banana on the inside, um, and there's like some black beans in, mixed in with the rice, but it's like much sweeter, and we like to cut it up and fry it, pan fry. Oh yeah, fry version of like like of both is the best. Yeah. But I think the I what I thought though was the salty one. The it's the same thing for ban jung ban te, like the salty one is it not? Like there's pork belly. Mung bean, glutinous rice. It just tastes a little bit I different. I think it's the same the thing. Ingredients are pretty much the same. Oh, is it? Yeah, but see, you guys have versatility. You guys have oh. sweet one, and for us, we never made a sweet banjim. You know that would that would be an idea, right? That we, yeah, we never had that. Oh, yeah. can you imagine? <laughs> that? Open a business fusion. Yeah, but banjim is just one flavor. You can cannot do wrong with it. I feel like. Somebody could probably take it and like turn it into a modern mishmash fusion, uh, but in the south, That's be a good idea. in the southwestern region like Mingtai, there's actually bantak jiu. So they put it into patterns, and when you cut it, it becomes a pattern like a chukmoi or like it turns into. I've never pork. seen it. So there's actually really yeah. I have to search it up. So it's called bantak uh, jiu or bantak ta, like one of those. So basically, in the southwestern region. There's like competitions where people they pour in the colored rice with this purple, orange, and green, and they color it, and it turns into like juk mung nam mai. And when you cut it, each circle becomes a different word, and you lay it out, it becomes an entire like, um, basically I like a poem it, or like a saying or greeting. <gasps> Fat love. Oh my god! I just searched it up. So really pretty. Cool. Yeah. So there's actually nice. three versions in the cell. No, I have to try this one. <laughs> I feel like it would just taste just, like rice. Uh, like presentation, it's just rice. Right? So plain. Not much of. Yeah, like it looks nice, but I don't think it would taste really interesting though. Yeah, I think so too. Oh, and there's there's also bantek lakam too, purple. It turns purple in the southwestern region too. There's kongta, right? I didn't know that banjung only had like one flavor. I thought there was more that I didn't know about. Yeah. I feel like so, that how traditional northern people are. You guys get creative with the things. I feel like yeah. <laughs> Just in the south, like they're just like, oh traditions, whatever. Let's be modern. Let's just have fun. <laughs> like, Let's just have fun. Yeah, it's all about fun. That's why my mom, my mom actually, she always complains about how tiring it is because she has to go through all the, all the tradition, all the custom, and to it's her, labor. that is not a holiday. It's so much work. But you guys have experienced that over here. So how would you guys say that it's different from Vietnam when you guys first came over here? Like, yeah. how was your experiences? It's definitely more, like, it's less festive, like festivity, like less fun. There's not really like it's not really merry and wholesome like the one in Vietnam, because here we, what I did in the past few years, just invite some friends over and we would cook like maybe t h i k a or like make some food and then eat and then, you know, just hang out. Like we we don't really stoop that to, it's just an excuse for us to like see each other, and I think that's 
kind of the spirit of that is not there, you know. So definitely like really toned down, you would say. So how how many thuds have you had here, Nick? Next week will be the seventh one. I since I since I came to Canada, I haven't been able to come back for that. Only in the summer. So for the past seven years, it's been it's been toned down. So it also the same thing for me. So this is like my first time ever, you know, after studying abroad in Canada, that I celebrate that in Vietnam, oh, wow. and it also has been seven years, seven or eight years. So yeah, it's gonna be so meaningful. Cause like in Canada, I felt like um, sometimes there was I didn't have any bed at all because it would just be another normal day. And you know, for the when the the new year comes, I also would be sitting in class, and then I yeah I don't even know when it's come or I don't know the time or anything. I would just be in class studying. I feel like I hear that story a lot, especially now with like no more international students. Like, they're always like it's. I feel like so bad. Like honestly, like it's that was like their entire season for family, and that's what it's meant to be together. And sometimes, if you think about it, it's almost like it. It's so sad where you're exactly. walking yeah. deep in the just snow, going to class yeah. and just living life normally, <laughs> and. Yeah, running yeah. after deadlines, so many assignments, and you're just so busy with life, and then there's nothing for that, and then you don't have family. Exactly. Just... And you don't have you don't have money. Oh my god. <laughs> you you don't have money. No money. Yeah. No money. Oh no. The the first year that I came to Canada, I think they my parents sent me some money for that that one year, and then after that they never sent again. Never again. <laughs> So like if you if you come back to um, Vietnam like maybe next year you can ask them like hey exactly, where all my interest, money from the you know? past year <laughs> seven years <laughs> yeah with interest with interest oh man <laughs> use your skills that you learned against them yeah. <laughs> yeah so I feel like last year when everybody was still in Canada our our like really big event during that I hope that that was really able. To provide those overseas with something. Oh my God, I miss it. Like I wanted to attend you guys' event, but then when I asked for the ticket, oh. you all sold out because I didn't get to join it. And you know, one of my friends, she she from like Hong Kong, but she was able to get the ticket, and she told me, "Oh, it was so fun. The food oh, was nice. so good." Nice, nice. And I was so jealous of her. Yeah, she oh, loved it so much. I felt like that one was such a vibrant event. Like we made it so bright and so big. It was like I actually didn't even get to attend. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. I was there for like yeah, yeah. work. You didn't attend. I was there for like twenty, thirty minutes, like an hour or so for like the setup part and just signing up people. Oh my But god! But then it was like my break time of work at the mall, so I had to run back to the mall. And I remember it was like a year ago, like now, like. I think last week it would have been a year ago. I was like, oh, oh man, you did all the hard work and didn't get to enjoy the fun. Yeah, like I, <laughs> I made the decorations and stuff. I just really wanted to make it good, like you know, make it really big. That was our goal for this year. I hope to make it like really big too, but we didn't actually get to do that. What are some crazy things that you have heard from your relatives or have done on that that you'll never forget? Like just some crazy wild stories. I've never, never. 
kept my uh, leasing money before, I would never allow to. So I, I yeah. also was very jealous of those who got to keep the money. Yeah, it's, it's always my mom telling me, "Oh, it's gonna be for all for your exactly. education, for your clothes, for everything." Well, do you ever see yeah. them again? Do you ever see that money again? I don't think I doubt it. No. You know, uh, like when I was was young, I expected to be a lot of money. I was like, expected to be like you know billions of money, and when I asked my parents like, "Hey, how how much have I saved saved up?" They say, "Oh, it's only a few million dong." I was really disappointed. I was like, "Oh, I thought it's, I'm gonna be like super rich with all the money that they keep for me." So for our listeners slash viewers who don't know, uh, it might sound like a lot, but a couple million dong is actually like one or two hundred dollars. Not that much. <laughs> oh wait, how much hundred. did they lease you here, Brian? My relatives, my relatives never oh gave my me lisey. It was not only that, but whenever they did, my parents would never let me take it. So I always had to give them back to them. Sometimes they would just like, my parents would take the money out and return the money and just make me keep the empty bag. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, you know, just keep the red bag for luck. You don't need the money. You're not gonna use it. If you want anything, just tell me. It's always that. You never get to keep it. When you ask them, do they give it to you? No. Gone. It's gone. I feel like that's a un a universal issue for like for Vietnamese, uh, for and, like Chinese kids. <laughs> so I guess this brings us to the end of our very special episode for that of why do Vietnamese. Um, as always, please let us know if you do have any suggestions for our future episodes on why do Vietnamese do this, why do they do that. Uh, we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and thank you for staying all the way to the end. Like I said in the other episode, this would be where we would thank our sponsors. So any potential sponsors out there, please contact us and let us know if you would like to sponsor us. Um, once again, uh, we wish everybody a very happy new year. Thank you so much for joining us on our special episode. We hope to see you in future episodes. Before we sign off, do you guys have any last things to say? Um... Keep the lease, okay? Um, Don't give it to your parents. Uh, I would like to thank Brian for hosting this because it was really fun sharing about story and stuff. Uh, so thank you for doing this, and I hope everyone enjoyed listening and watching this. Yeah, thank you for joining, you guys. Uh, it's great to hear you guys' story. That's just the whole point of this podcast to get your personal stories and really hear different sides of things. And we hope that this can. Connect people together a little bit more. Wherever you are in the world, you can hear a little bit more about us and maybe even relate to us. Um, so thank you so much for joining us, staying all the way to the end of our third episode of Why Do Vietnamese? And as always, remember to stay curious and ask, Why Do Vietnamese?